The reason that our country is in the mess that it is in today is not because of the Republicans, it's not because of the Democrats. Let me tell you this, it's because of lame Christians. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a very thought-provoking subject to cover today. But first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform in which you're listening to us upon we have several social media platforms, all sorts of materials you can listen to and read. Be sure to check out our ever-growing Facebook page when you type in the search bar at Mighty Fortress 313. You can also take a look at our website, ourmightyfortress.com. There we host all of our media, articles, videos, and even a link to our merch store where you can help support the work. And of course, if you do feel so motivated to donate to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through our website and the established PayPal link. If we've helped you in some way with our work, we'd love to hear about it. You can go ahead and send us an email at ourmightyfortress at gmail.com. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I would like to address a very serious problem taking place in our society. It is an epidemic plaguing and just tearing apart families. It is so sinister that it's destroying the very foundations of not only Western culture, but also the biblical foundations of this nation. This epidemic is destroying marriages and families and ruining individual lives, no matter what socioeconomic background that person may come from. The epidemic spreading across the world is called pornography. One side of the United States government, particularly coming from the Republican National Convention, called this a public health crisis. I want you to think about that. A war has been declared by pornography, and the target of conquest is the marriage between man and wife. With the evil conditions that a Christian is surrounded about today, how can someone ever achieve victory in this particular war? We're going to analyze the conditions and severity of the problem at hand, but we're also going to look at the two different perspectives and how this problem is dealt with, one by the world and the other by the Christian scriptures. I then want to look at how to counsel someone who struggles in this area and even helping a marriage come back together through this. While this study, of course, is not exhaustive, I pray that it will be able to help someone find hope 
through Jesus Christ and get clean of the sin of pornography. With that introduction, let's get right into this. To begin, the problem of pornography is complex in our modern culture. The reason for this is that the Supreme Court of the United States upheld the right to have pornography since 1963 in the Stanley v. Georgia case. And it's the right to make pornography uh, was brought forth in 1973 with Miller v. California. The whole idea was said to be a part of the First Amendment of the Constitution, and it's, it's labeled free speech, actually. The moral depravity of the nation only declares that, well, you can't legislate morality in government. Well, is that true? Well, the churches have the responsibility to curb the depravity of man by winning them to Christ and his standards. Unfortunately, the churches have failed to do so over the last 60 years, and the culture in which the average American abides in has become more and more perverse. Of course, adding to the complexity of the pornography problem was the emergence of the internet and the easy accessibility of such content. Where one had to go to the seedy part of town to some pornography store before, now you don't even have to leave the comments of your easy chair and sit in front of a computer screen. As of 2015, it's recorded that there are 68 million searches a day for pornography, and the gross revenue is over $13 billion a year, and I'm sure that that's probably larger now. In the founding of the nation in 1776, I'm pretty sure that the founding fathers never intended for the First Amendment and the freedom of speech to include protection of criminals and perverts that have corrupted society with pornography. God also never intended us to exploit this freedom and ultimately his goodness by corrupting his blessing that he bestowed upon us. This presents the Christian with a difficult problem because our entire culture has been shaped by such perverseness. God has called us in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. It says, quote, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, end quote. There are arguments that there's nothing new under the sun and the days of Paul were just as perverse, like he was referencing in Corinthians. And they'll say that, well, the modern culture that we live in, you know, there's nothing really different. There is truth to the claim that there's nothing new under the sun, but it's not necessarily talking about degrees. But as in the days of Noah, so shall the, the coming of the Son of Man be, in which that proclaims that there are degrees of human cultures that have been perverse. Never before in the history of man has such perverseness ever been so easily accessible, and almost every part of our culture is being shaped into what the Lord Jesus Christ had proclaimed in Matthew 24 and verse 37. Yes, the Corinthian culture was horrendous, and there were even more despicable cultures throughout history. But the city was frowned upon by the rest of the Greek world. If you went over to the, the next city uh, in Greece, it would be different. Today, the whole world is affected by the perverseness and the slave trade of women, mainly because of the internet. Everywhere a person turns, 
pornography is on the billboards, the television, the internet, and even the standards of dress by women today have the eyes of men assaulted. Given that the Christian today lives in such a very unique time, how can he overcome sin and keep his marriage intact? How can a single person who's never been married keep himself pure before the Lord? The Christian must turn to the scripture and seek the wisdom set before him by our Lord Jesus Christ. The nature of pornography is to target youth. And look, I know that there are women out there that suffer with this particular sin of pornography. Yes, that's out there. But that is not the norm. The norm, because of the nature of men, is that guys suffer with this predominantly overwhelmingly throughout history the nature of pornography they it really targets and goes after youth young men specifically the world's culture knows as with any sin if they can get the attention of the young person they can get him or her hooked for the rest of their life the definition of Pornography has changed over the years due to the perverseness of man. For instance, the modern definition, according to dictionary.com, is that it's, quote, any sexually explicit videos, photographs, writings, or the like whose purpose is to elicit sexual arousal, end quote. That's a pretty detailed description. But the Christian should know that God defines pornography in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 13 as having an impudent face. Now that's interesting. Webster's 1828 dictionary defines impudent as shameless or wanting modesty. Now modesty is not used here as if the person is actively seeking modesty, but in fact needs to have it applied to them. The Christian is told to beware of the impudent face. In that passage, it relates to the man being taken in by the whorish woman. The women on the billboards, on the television, or in some picture all have impotent faces. They are portraying a look to the man that is calling out to him much like the whorish woman in Proverbs. Of course, this is specifically in reference to the man because of his attractions being centered around the eye gate. Remember, it's not that a woman doesn't suffer from the effects of of pornography because that's outside the norm. Those are actually outliers. We have seen that emerging from time to time in the culture, and it seems to be growing. But the entirety of the world's system is built around attracting the male and his eye. Not the women's eye, the male's eye. It's been said that if Satan could get a woman to conform to his image that he can get any man to fall. You see that throughout history. Pornography has declared war on marriage. And if a man is going to stay faithful to his wife, then he needs to focus only on his wife. But not only this, he needs to guard his eyes from the impotent woman's glance. Quite a challenge, I will say. Jesus Christ, when addressing the people in Matthew 5, 28, stated, Quote, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath already committed adultery with her already in his heart. This means that the husband who looks upon the woman to lust 
even if it's reactive to the glance of the woman, is guilty of adultery. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 states, quote, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. End quote. When a man becomes addicted to pornography, he no longer sees a woman, or a little girl even, or innocence, but rather he sees a female who is an object, a sexual object, that is an opportunity to satisfy a sexual need. It is interesting to note that there's a pattern within scripture in reference to Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20, which says, hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of a man are never satisfied. The first polygamist is Lamech in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 19. He takes two wives, and we don't know much about anyone before the flood, but it sure points this guy out. The first major person that God worked with after the flood was Abraham, and the pattern can be seen here. Abraham took a wife named Sarah, but she couldn't bear children, so she gave him Hagar to be his wife years later to bear a child according to what she thought was God's promise. It was also interesting that God never calls Hagar Abraham's wife. That's interesting. In Genesis 25 and verse 6, we, said, we see that there is a first mention of Abraham's concubines or women he had sexual relations with. Now you can make the argument because of the, the pattern later that once Abraham took Hagar, he took more women as well. The next major character is David, who took more than one wife right before he came, became king. The lust did not satisfy and he took more wives and concubines. Now, his little boy, Solomon, would see what his daddy would do, and he followed in his father's footsteps, but by like 700-fold, took hundreds of wives and concubines, and he went farther than his, his daddy ever did. All of this being said in scriptures to prove the point that Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20, is true that the eyes of a man are never satisfied, and once a man steps outside the boundaries that God established, his lust is never satisfied. How does this relate to pornography today? The Christian single person or married person must realize that while they're not actually taking a woman unto themselves, they're taking an idea much worse. Where a man in the past took multiple wives you know, he had to care for them or whatever else. The person who is into pornography today is simply discarding women, well, woman after woman, basically through images. The lust grows and it's never satisfying. More and more down the path of darkness, the person's going to go. And what would once satisfy them yesterday is not going to do it for them today. This path leads to rape murder, and even child pornography or molestation. History tells a different tale of those who want to battle against that idea. Sin corrupts the mind and perverts the hearts so that anything is possible. Solomon realized as he wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 17 that, quote, Therefore I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, 
for all is vanity and vexation of spirit, end quote. The Christian must realize that there is nothing but vanity and vexation of spirit that lies before him when he pursues after the road of pornography. God has called his people to live holy and set apart from the world. There was nothing new under the sun, but Satan, <laughs> he's gotten clever in the way that he can entice and deceive men with the same sins. Christian men are to be exemplary husbands, and they should want their supreme love for God and their commitment to love their wives unselfishly to spill over into and flood the physical intimacy aspect of their marriage. The next issue any man faces, let alone a married one, is the effects from the scars of sin. When he views pornography, the brain creates a pathway it sees to pleasure. Where a man was once shocked at a particular view of immodesty, he is now unfazed by such. His thoughts are now perverted by how he could exploit any woman he is currently looking at or with in life, uh, even dealing with a particular image. This is especially more potent when a man has lived promiscuously before marriage and he's already had an appetite for pornography. This man can develop a wolf's mentality and how he can try to exploit who he sees as sheep. All of the experiences with various women this man may have had sexual relations with or any various pornography that he may have viewed will never leave the boundaries of his mind. The damage is done. And once the image is imprinted on the brain, it is never forgotten. Jesus Christ states, according to John 8:32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This happens when a man becomes born again, and he's no longer in bondage to sin, as verse 34 states that he was in. This practically means that while you were bound to serve sin before, you can choose rather to serve Christ instead. That means that while those memories may be imprinted on the brain, they can be pushed away or pushed back so far that you don't remember them unless there's some sort of trigger. And we'll talk about triggers in a minute. It doesn't mean that the images are forgotten, but over time can be put away. Unfortunately, it can be a song that's played overhead at a store or an image to appear somewhere that might bring back a memory of one's sinful past. This is where knowing the scripture can help in cleansing the mind from all unrighteousness. The point being that it's better to keep one's mind and heart clean rather it is to try to clean it once it's been defiled. Psalm 119 verse 9 states, quote, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? End quote. As in the previous example given of Abraham, David, and Solomon, once boundaries are crossed into a certain type of sin, the brain has developed a new craving for sin that must be fought against. Everyone's temptations are different based upon their environment and their life's choices. One of the major sins that besets almost all men is fornication and adultery. God originally created man to desire women but not through 
just random women taking random women, but it's supposed to be through his wife. But when sin was introduced into the world through Adam, as Romans 5.12 talks about, now one woman is not enough. So the question is, how can a young man cleanse his way? How can he achieve victory over the sin that so easily besets him in pornography? The victory is found through the word of God, and we can see an overview given in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. It states, quote, And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. End quote. In J. Adams' book, how to help people change, he notes that change is a four-step process with teaching, conviction, correction, and disciplined training in righteousness. This is important. This is in reference to the verse in 2 Timothy, and as Paul is teaching his young pastor, Timothy, how to lead and help people in the church, it we can glean from that wisdom today. Now, Timothy was a saved man. But the first real step is to become born again the Bible way. If you're not born again, that's the number one first step. If a person's not saved, then there is no hope for real change in their life, let alone eternal life, nor will they have the prodding of the Holy Spirit. If one's going to have true Christian change in their life after salvation, then they have to be aggressive in destroying sin, especially with the nature of pornography. Before one begins to take the steps toward this process, they absolutely must realize that they're in a spiritual war. The spirit wars against the powers of darkness and the Christian is at the forefront of the battle. It's important to understand that you cannot ask for a ceasefire with the devil because he's not going to give you one. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus states that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They should give the Christian confidence that he can overcome the intense battle that is going to take place in his life. The Christian must also understand that in this spiritual war, the devil is trying to destroy them and there's no compromise. There's no surrender. So take the battle to the enemy's doorstep. Christ has given us the power to overcome any temptation. Now the battle steps begin with humility. Having a godly sorrow for our sins will lead to a sense of justice and correction. Having humility in this process and understanding our position before a holy God will help encourage us to continue in this battle against the lust of the flesh, especially pornography. The Christian must seek for accountability. A married man must seek accountability with not only his wife, but also with some trusted men of the church. If this is what besets him and he's already sinned, then this is what you're going to have to do to be accountable. This will help instill a bit of fear, especially a failure in the Christian. It's also going to begin to build some trust between the man and his wife. In Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, quote, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, Restore such a one in the uh, spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one, one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. End quote. 
Accountability is important, but it's simply not enough. The other men that are going to be included in the accountability must be mature and be able to sensibly counsel you. To have an effective accountability must also have somebody of authority. The next step in this battle against pornography must involve using radical steps of change. Christ expects us to take radical measures when we're tempted by sin. This can involve not even getting on the computer unless somebody's home and is able to supervise you. Any roads and pathways to the sin, you're going to have to cut it off and have no hesitation about it. There are three particular measures that one can take in addressing the thinking of someone who is about to sin. The first is, is that, hey, you got to repent immediately. Then remember the scripture. And lastly, you must reach out for help. Proverbs chapter 5 verses 1 through 14 speak of the forbidden woman and a married man must beware of this whorish woman. It's not hard to come to the conclusion or even understand that anyone that's given into the sin of pornography can be tempted with things such as prostitutes or even worse. A man that is dealing with these types of thoughts must even beware of his route of travel on a daily basis. If one passes on a street that passes by a strip club or or whatever, you those types of thought or those seeds of thought that come in through the eye gate can be a major temptation. Wherever there is those types of temptation or any other types, don't travel down those roads. Change the way that you go home and aggressively get away from this sin. It's important to understand that it all starts with a look. If a married man is to keep himself clean before his wife and before the Lord, then he must have control what goes through his eye gate. From the Garden of Eden and the fall of Adam to the fall of King David with Bathsheba, Satan knows if he can get a person to look at sin long enough, the thought will turn into coveting and the coveting will turn into a sinful work of the hands. When a man is already dealing with the sins of pornography, he must guard his eyes from the everyday goings and the lack of modesty in our culture. It does seem as though (laughs) we are just surrounded by billboards and TV commercials and posters of women walking around half naked. The attacks are all around and the war is real. Satan would have no greater joy than to wreck a man's life and keep him in the bondage of sin. One of the steps a man can take before he is tempted in pornography and even after such were to take place is to place more emphasis on his wife. The man needs a grace-filled, changed heart that starts with rejoicing in the wife of his youth. He should also pour his energy into the relationship with his wife. When a man pours his energy into his wife and the relationship, not only will the relationship blossom overall, but it'll be easier to direct his sexual energies to his wife rather than pornography. If the man sins in this area and has already violated the trust of his wife, the husband must strive to earn that trust again. And this can come from starting anew and developing the relationship. One of the biggest challenges that must be overcome is not to be bitter when a man's wife is striving to forgive and not be bitter herself. 
Many men choose rather to sin against God and turn to pornography if the relationship between them and their wife is not going well and sexual relations between them are just as bad or not happening. As more sin is introduced into the situation, well, the, the, the situation gets kind of difficult. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 states, quote, And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's look at what forgiveness really is and how it applies to both the man and the woman in the situation. Forgiveness is, quote, not a feeling. Forgiveness, first, is fundamentally a promise. We do see that the problem of sin is always one that just does not hurt us, but it hurts those who follow us. Romans chapter 14, verse uh, 7 states, quote, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth unto himself. End quote. Obedience to God can eliminate the sinful habits that not only harm ourselves, but also harm the ones that love us. A husband must strive to be sanctified before God. And as this happens, relations between the man and the wife can be healed. The wife, of course, will have her own battles to forgive and walk with her husband. But the man needs to take the leadership role and begin anew. Both the husband and the wife shall let God do the work. And the key to harmony with God is submission. For those of us who are biblical counselors and want to help bring marriages back together, in a counseling session with a husband and wife that's dealing with the issue of pornography, there are many principles to start with. As described previously in the podcast, a man must be willing to take drastic steps to eliminate this problem from his life. There can't be any trust in the flesh, and he must be repentant for his sin. As described in Ephesians 4.32, there must be forgiveness on both sides of the issue, as there are many situations that have led to this point. There's a really good book on this matter that I would definitely recommend uh, giving to somebody who's dealing with the sin of pornography and it's called finally free by heath lambert and i would give that to him as a homework assignment to read as they're reading each chapter they should write the principles found in in each one of the chapters and what steps are taken to make the changes in their life to be able to fit that model the underlying root of the sin of man in pornography is arrogance despite any action from his wife the same could be said for the wife in many situations and the relationship issues that arose in the past. There are many verses that one should start with the both of them and build progressively towards the goal of having the word of God hid in their hearts. The first verse to start with both the husband and the wife is Psalm 51.10. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Second verse for the couple would be John 8.32. And you should know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This verse is especially important for the both of them because in each situation, they need to know that they can be set free from the bondage of sin. And the man with his pornography problem and the woman with her forgiveness issues, they can both be able to set those things aside because if they're saved, they can set those things aside and walk away from them. The third verse would be Psalms 101.3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. End quote. The fourth verse would be Job 31.1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Then you have Ephesians 
432. We read that one earlier. The next verse for the man would be a little bit longer, but it's exceptionally powerful. And that's found in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. It describes how God does not tempt us with lust, but rather we're drawn away of our own lusts. When that lust is conceived or thought upon, it brings forth sin. And when the sin is finished, it brings forth death. Of course, we must mortify the flesh every day. That's found in Romans 8, verse 13. And to not do so will lead to our destruction. It's an important verse for them to memorize and definitely realize. Because it's going to help them see themselves and, the, and their position before God. Both must cultivate those sexual relations again and keep temptations out of this area. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, it says, quote, Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves unto fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. End quote. This is going to be very difficult to begin with, but if both persons are willing to work with each other in the marriage, and the building block can be placed one upon another. It is very important that a husband and wife keep themselves clean before the Lord, then try to fix a broken marriage after sin has been introduced. Once again, it's better to keep the heart clean than it is to clean it after it's been defiled. If sin is introduced in the form of pornography, then it's important for the man to realize this sin and his condition before God. It's important for the man to take drastic steps towards getting the sin out of his life, fixing his marriage, and earning the trust of his wife again. The wife, despite the problems in the relationship before this sin was found out, must strive to walk with God herself. It requires forgiveness of her husband and also her submission to God in developing and healing the marriage. God can fix any marriage, but it's up to the man and wife to submit to the authority of God to be able to see it happen. I want to thank you for listening and be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Take a look at our website, ourmightyfortress.com and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content and remember to find your refuge and strength in our mighty fortress.